thank you very much uh, for your voice note. So let's uh, shift gear and come here. So South Africa's former white schools are the most racially diverse uh, and one population group is conspicuous by its absence. Research shows that in 2021, the average white student in South Africa attended a school that was 68.5% white, 3.3% Asian, 8.5% colored and 19.6% black. And preliminary research indicates that while white students almost exclusively attend former whites-only schools and are vastly uh, overrepresented in the elite public and private schools in South Africa, black students remain sorely underrepresented in the country's best schools. So let's have a conversation about this research uh, with Dr. Vijay Reddy, who is research specialist at the Human Sciences Research Council, and he is co-author of the study. Good afternoon, I mean, good morning, uh, Dr. Reddy. Welcome, thank you so much. Uh, at face value to me, I would say, oh, well, it represents the socioeconomic conditions of the country. Am I correct? And what more? What did your research say? Good morning, KG and the listeners. I just want to uh, put in this research, we basically looked at every school in this country, 23,000 of them, and tried to classify the schools uh, according to the racial composition in that school. So, and, and the idea was to say, after 30 years of democracy, to what extent have schools desegregated and what does the complexion of schools look like now? I'm going to uh, give you some statistics, and, uh, but we must remember that we've got to view these statistics against the population demographics of South Africa. The population is 87% black African, 7.5% colored, 3.5% white, and 1.5% Indian or Asian. And we're also using these kind of uh, racial categories because this is how uh, schools were defined pre-1994. And so, it, uh, unfortunately, we have to use the same categories to understand what kind of change occurred. So when mm. we looked at every school in this country, and we found that if you take schools that were previously black African, um, for the older ones of us, you will remember it as Department of Education and Training Schools. Yes. Now, yes. those schools, which are essentially in uh, previous homelands and townships, their racial composition remains the same, with about 99% of learners classified as black African. So there hasn't been much change. They continue to live in the townships. They're attending the schools there. So that's the one aspect. Then we look at those schools which were designated former white schools or Model C schools as it became uh, closer to, to 1994. And for the whole country, the, these are uh, average statistics across the country. And those schools designated formerly white, which would have been the most highly uh, resourced and funded uh, schools pre-94. Now in 2021, the, the racial composition is 30% white, and just over half the learners in these schools, 54%, are African black. 
When we looked at colored schools, again, we're using the terminology as in the previous time, those schools at the moment are two-thirds for colored learners and one-third African learners. The former, former Indian or Asian schools, the House of Delegate schools, as it was then called, those schools are now one-quarter Indian and three-quarters Africans. So we see that there has been a desegregation, if you want to use that term, in the kind of former white Indian and Afri uh, colored schools. And this desegregation is different across the schools. So, and, and if we look at that, we can, there are some schools that were formerly white, for example, that are now completely black. Some are more racially diverse and some are still the majority of learners are white. So this study gives us a kind of more nuanced understanding of the complexion of schools in South Africa, and it gives a kind of pattern for the whole country. I'll stop. Yes. I've got other pieces to add on, but let me leave this. No, with please, the guide please, so. add, please, Dr. Reddy, uh, go for it and add any other pieces that uh, you may have found in the research. Okay. The part, now, now, the purpose of the research was, one, to paint this complexion of the schools. Then if we want now to see these segregations, and especially for learners that were previously excluded, to also access more resource schools. The one area that we looked at as well, and we identified what we call elite schools. That means, uh, so, so while we're having this desegregation pattern and some of it is looking very positive. We wanted to look at for the schools that are most resourced in this country, how does that complexion look? And for those that uh, it is the ex largely ex-white schools, but what are now uh, um, categorized as quintile five schools, the most resourced schools. We find that while there's been changes in the racial composition of schools, white and especially Indian learners, the majority have moved on to these quintile five schools and independent schools. So they are in the most resourced schools and getting uh, well-functioning well schools. And within that, we also looked at those schools, both public and private, that charge the highest fees in the uh, in the country, so what we called the elite schools, to see mm. the racial composition in those schools. These are the if we look at the elite schools, they would be generally getting a very uh, high quality of education. There's social networking. There would be sports activities, and so there's a whole lot that happens within that environment. And we wanted to see if the uh, racial composition reflects the South African demographics. In these top-notch schools, um, who will subsequently become the power breaker, uh, brokers in the country, around 60% of the learners are white. And remember that the population is 3.8% white. Close mm. to 10% are Indian or Asian as compared to 1.5% of the population. And close to a quarter are African learners as compared to 87% of the population. So we think that if we look at these areas, it points again to what we call the reproduction of society in the most resourced 
in the schools with the highest social networks will then, you know, uh, the advantage, advantage begets advantage. The learners that go in there, of course, would have uh, be able to pay high fees, high socioeconomic status, and they would be getting a whole range of inputs that will then allow them to continue to, to take up power positions, captains of industries, etc. And mm. so that is an area that we highlight in the paper as one that should be considered because it could contribute to the reproduction of society and, uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, when you speak of uh, the elite schools, right, uh, mm-hmm. the ones uh, that you refer to as uh, elite public schools or the 30 most elite private schools in South Africa, uh, uh, what uh, I read in the research is that most of these elite public and private schools remain white dominant. And uh, and, and you go on to say in your re- research, it's immediately clear that there are only uh, a very small number of elite schools where black learners constitute the majority. Mm. When we talk mm. of, of, of these uh, elite schools, are you able to quantify uh, in terms of numbers the presence of black students at all mm. and how that mm. ranks uh, in uh, accordance to the population demographics as you described them? Sure. We looked, uh, we identified the elite schools from uh, the identity uh, the, 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 the schools that uh, and, and the, the classification is dependent on the fees that are paid. So we looked at the top 30 public schools and the top 30 private schools, in other words, the top uh, fee-paying schools in that. And within this group here, the uh, composition of learners were still 60% white learners, and mm. the, popular, the white population is 3.8%, 10% Indian or Asian learners, and against the population of 1.5%, and 24% are African learners, and the population, African, black African population is 87% at the moment. So mm. that's where we see a vast under... The difference between the population representation and the representation in these powerful schools. Yeah, um, uh, there's uh, a line in your study that says that uh, you know uh, w- when white students have exposure to black classmates, they are generally uh, from the most socioeconomically advantaged uh, backgrounds, and uh, that uh, you know we rank highly as South Africans in terms of socioeconomic se- segregation uh, between mm. the school. When you look at it comparatively speaking, and taking into consideration obviously the impact. Uh, that uh, COVID-19 has had on issues of employment in our country, has it gotten better or worse? Um, Unfortunately, we didn't have uh, training data around this, and so we we have a single point, and from our data, we we can't respond to that. But referring Mm. to uh, and, and expanding on the issue of how schools are segregated by class. So one aspect of the research focused on the racial classification. And then we went on further to look at class and whether class is the major contributor to segregation or not. And Mm -hmm. as you rightly said, that uh, the schools are highly segregated by socioeconomic status or class. And 
would mean that rich learners and poor learners are highly unlikely to attend the same school. So, so we do have that separation. And what we found yes. that in schools that white middle-class learners, they uh, exposed to 62% other white middle-class learners and 28% black middle-class learners. So in terms of a white middle-class learner, they would more likely uh, connect with another middle-class person, a majority white, mm. but to some extent black. But what mm. we saw, the other interesting part of the research was that when we looked at black middle-class, and the term black is both African, Indian, and colored, mm. that uh, in their classes, uh, the, that they were exposed to both the black middle class and black working class. So for the black groups in schools itself, as far as uh, um, classes concerned, you have both the middle class and working class, and so there's uh, access to these classes. So, so the classes are less segregated by class. Uh, than in the white middle class, in white middle classes. Yeah, we have a voice note from uh, one of our listeners, uh, uh, Dr. Reddy. Let's hear what they have to say in terms of the comment. Hi, SAFM team, it's Boyo from Kabecha. I'd like to touch on the subject of um, the uh, previously white schools being the most uh, racially diverse schools in South Africa. Well, they are going to be the most racially diverse schools because remember, we as black parents are trying to work hard so that we can send our, our children to those schools. Whereas previously, uh, that was not the case. They were not even allowed um, and so on and so, you know. But anyway, what I'd like to say, that is happening because no white parent is going to send their child to a black school. So that will remain being a predominantly black school. Of, you know, but vice versa, we want to send our children there because we feel as if the level of education is, is better there. And in the black schools, if I can say, uh, they are not getting the same level of education. Yeah, so maybe let's ask that question. Uh, uh, if at all there's a percentage of uh, white kids that uh, at all go to uh, black schools, according to the research, were there any at all in the country? Um, not uh, I, I, made a very pertinent point in this uh, in his comments, and that the migration is largely from townships, black townships, to the uh, uh, either coloured Indian or, or white schools. It's not in the other direction, and and mm. the thing is that this research reflects what is happening in our society right now. Uh, it's mm -hmm. a South African society. It's highly unequal. It is uh, uh, stratified. It, the and schooling and and places of residence are strongly correlated. So the majority of uh, learners are in the townships, and so that's where they attend townships. Except uh, parents that may be able to afford to uh, provide transport to attend other schools. And Voya is also right. The quality uh, in the majority of schools, not all schools, is vastly different by race. And therefore, the policy imperative for the state is to make sure that we, we raise the floor in that 
uh, more schools. Uh, that at the end of you know one of the objectives for the state should be uh, schools must look more alike in terms of its infrastructure, in terms of its uh, learners, in terms of its performance outcomes. And at the moment, we have vastly different entry points for learners uh, in, in the schools, and they also leave with different educational outcomes. So that is the, the challenge of South African education today. And uh, there we're going to leave it. And thank you very much for your time, Dr. Vijay Reddy, Research Specialist at the Human Sciences Research Council, also co-author of the study we just spoke about. Thank you very much to the team in Johannesburg, Kanya Bolani, uh, with uh, Mark Prella. Uh, Mark Prella, our technical producer in the main studio. I am here in uh, East London with uh, Lebu Musweu, and our technical uh, producer here was Malwande um, Masala. It's midday on SAFM. It's time for updated noon with Sakina Kamwendo.